section thirteen of canada south america central america mexico and the west indies this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the world's story volume eleven canada south america central america mexico and the west indies edited by eva march tappan section thirteen the story of ville marie de montreal sixteen forty two by agnes mole machard in sixteen forty one a brave soldier named paul de maisonneuve a devout woman called mademoiselle mance and forty-three others set out on the difficult journey to canada to found a colony at montreal they were so late in reaching quebec that they were obliged to remain there through the winter the editor at last the icy barriers broke before the soft breezes of april and the deep blue of the river greeted the longing eyes of the colonists early in may all were embarked in the little flotilla consisting of a pinnace a flat bottom barge with sails and two rowboats as they slowly made their way up the windings of the wide river the forest was beginning to put on its garment of delicate green and the balmy fragrance of the opening buds floated to them on the soft sunshiny air all seemed peace and promise to the outward eye though the adventurers well knew that unseen and terrible dangers lurked behind the fair sylvan scene on the seventeenth of may sixteen forty two the little expedition drew near the forest-clad slopes of the stately mont royal and as they approached it a hymn of grateful praise went up from all the boats next day after gliding past the green solitary shores that now bustle with warehouses and factories the settlers landed at the rivulet-bordered meadow called point calière which champlain long before had chosen as the site of the settlement maisonneuve was the first to spring to shore the others quickly followed and all fell on their knees and joined in enthusiastic songs of thanksgiving the tents and baggage were soon landed and then an altar was erected in a pleasant spot near the river this was tastefully decorated by the ladies of the party with the graceful wild flowers that grew in such abundance around them then the whole party gathered about it Monsieur vincent the superior of the jesuits in his rich ecclesiastical robes the governor montmagny in his state dress the tall soldierly figure of maisonneuve the ladies with their female attendants and all the sailors soldiers and artisans who made up the complement of the expedition each knelt in solemn silence as the ceremony of high mass was performed by Monsieur vincent at the close he turned to the colonists and addressed them in these words you are a grain of mustard seed that shall rise and grow till its branches shall overshadow the earth you are few but your work is the work of god his smile is on you and your children shall fill the land if the speaker could have seen as in a vision the french canada of to-day with its stately churches and convents he would have felt that his confident words had been justified and the self-sacrificing labors of the pioneers rewarded 
in all things men reap as they sow as the soft may sunset melted into twilight the fireflies began to sparkle among the dusky woods the eager colonists caught them and festooned their altar with their living light and then as the bright campfire blazed out in the gathering gloom and lighted up the outlines of the tents pitched for present accommodation the tired but hopeful colonists lay down to rest and dreamed perchance of the future glory of Villa marie de montreal next day everybody was early astir and hard at work the men began to fell the great forest trees and very soon all the tents were surrounded by palisades and the altar was sheltered by a little chapel of birch bark in a short time small wooden houses took the place of the tents and the little settlement had some visible existence the first experiences of the colonists here were all pleasant ones with charming summer weather with a fair landscape spread around them rich in noble outlines of distant hills and dense masses of forest as yet bearing no trace of human habitation on sundays after mass the colonists loved to ascend the beautiful hill above them for the magnificent view the main features of which civilization has but little altered and to stroll in the surrounding meadow and the fair green woods that skirted it enjoying the abundance of wild flowers so new and strange to them madame de la peltrie and mademoiselle mance had already some pupils to teach and catechise among the indians who stopped at Villa marie on their wandering course on fete days they had solemn services processions of the colonists salutes from their cannon all of which much impressed the savages and so the summer passed at Villa marie in quiet and tranquil labor but that summer of sixteen forty two was an exciting one in the eventful history of new france the hatred of the fierce iroquois tribe had been silently smouldering ever since champlain had unhappily commenced his warfare with them thirty-two years before the iroquois were now pretty well supplied with arms by the dutch settlers of the eastern coast and their natural pride and ferocity were now stimulated to such a degree that they could be satisfied with nothing less than sole possession of the country they declared that they would sweep away not only the algonquins and hurons but the french also and carry off the white girls the nuns to their villages the hospital nuns were obliged to leave sillery to take refuge within the walls of quebec the colonists were harassed by sudden attacks on passing boats and canoes or stealthy descents on french traders or on the settlers near three rivers and quebec while crafty ambuscades were laid for the hurons also as they brought their furs to the trading posts with the frosts of december came the first troubles of the settlement of Villa marie the swollen river dammed up by the accumulating ice rose rapidly and threatened to sweep away their whole summer's work powerless to stop the advancing flood the colonists had recourse to prayer maisonneuve raised a wooden cross in front of the flood and vowed to plant another cross on the mountain summit as a thank-offering for deliverance the advancing river stayed its course just as the waves were threatening to sap the powder magazine and as it soon began to recede the colonists felt they were safe maisonneuve at once prepared to fulfil his vow a path was cleared through the forest to the top of the mountain and a large wooden cross was made and blessed for the purpose on the sixteenth of january a solemn procession ascended the newly made pathway 
headed by the jesuit de perron followed by maisonneuve bearing on his shoulders the heavy cross which had taxed even his strength to carry up the steep and rugged ascent when the cross had been set up the leaders received the sacrament on the summit of mont royal the winter little less severe than the winter of quebec was passed by the colonists in tolerable comfort the greater part of the community lived with the two jesuit fathers in one large wooden house which they kept warm with blazing log fires and as all were animated by one spirit of devotion to their aim the conversion of the indians their social life was one of peace and harmony still it was with gladness that they again saw the snows melt away and give place to the fresh foliage and flowers of spring in the following august they had the joy of welcoming a vessel from france which had safely passed through the perils of iroquois ambuscades and brought them new helpers louis d'ailleboux a brave and devout gentleman who afterwards succeeded m de montmagny as governor of canada with his wife and her sister both as zealous as himself to devote their all to the canadian mission d'ailleboux was skilled in the art of fortification and under his direction earthen ramparts and bastions soon replaced the primitive palisades that had been the only defence of the settlement a lady in france had contributed a large sum of money for the equipment of a hospital which was built accordingly though as yet there were no patients and provided with all the necessary furniture linen and medicines mademoiselle mons was duly installed in it to wait for the indian patients whose bodies and souls were to be cared for within its walls meantime she and the other ladies made pilgrimages to the mountain cross to pray for the success of their work sometimes fifteen or sixteen of the settlers would join in these pilgrimages proving their sincerity by giving up to them the greater part of the day when time was very precious they seized every opportunity of gaining an influence over the indians who came near via marie succoring and clothing them and sharing with them in time of need the provisions sent to them at great cost from france their efforts were crowned with some apparent success and among their professed converts was numbered a chief famed for his savage and crafty nature tessuat or as the french called him le borgne he was christened by the name of paul and presented with a gun as an encouragement to others to follow his example the french did all they could however to stimulate the indians to the more peaceful pursuits of agriculture giving them implements for tilling the ground and showing them how to use them but the dreaded iroquois were perpetually lurking near ready to harass and destroy and unfortunately in their pursuit of some algonquins these ferocious savages discovered the new settlement to which the fugitives fled for safety thenceforth their ambuscades infested the vicinity and none of the colonists could venture to any distance from the settlement except in armed parties prepared for sudden assaults pilgrimages and woodland strolls were no longer practicable except at the risk of life so crafty and vigilant was the cruel and stealthy foe a party of hurons coming down in june to sell their furs were startled by finding at la chine a rough indian fort held by a large party of iroquois the hurons to save themselves turned traitors to their french friends and professed great friendship for the iroquois telling them all they knew about ville marie and assuring them of an easy victory if they would attack it the iroquois were very ready to do this and sent out a party of their warriors who surprised six of the french laborers hewing wood near the fort killing three and taking the others prisoners 
the treachery of the hurons however returned upon their own heads for the iroquois fell upon them unawares and killed or captured all but a few fugitives who fled to ville marie where the unsuspected traitors were kindly received and sheltered the marauding band speedily made off carrying with them besides their prisoners the furs they had taken in the huron canoes and also letters and papers from the jesuits at the huron mission in the far west after this successful raid the vicinity of ville marie was more than ever infested by the bloodthirsty savages who would hide singly or in large parties waiting for their prey in the latter case they would send out a few men to try to allure the french to attack them but maisonneuve was a very prudent commander he knew that the wisest plan for his small band was to keep within the shelter of their fortifications and that a single defeat would mean ruin to the whole settlement so although his men often murmured at being kept in forced inaction he maintained this wise policy until an occasion arose when he thought it best to act differently and by one brilliant exploit he silenced the complaints of his men and inspired the whole party with renewed courage the settlement had received from france a welcome reinforcement in a present of a number of watch-dogs whose sagacity and courage made them most valuable scouts and sentinels chief among them was one called pilot who not only herself daily went the round of the woods and fields near the fort but brought up her numerous family to follow her example if one of her puppies seemed unwilling to follow her in her rounds she would bite it to stimulate its zeal and when any one was so cowardly as to run home it received a similar punishment on her return as soon as she scented an iroquois she would bark furiously and run back to the fort followed by her family but when there were no indians near she much preferred to amuse herself by hunting squirrels one march morning in sixteen forty four pilot and her family were seen rushing toward the fort over the eastward clearing all barking furiously the soldiers crowded about their commander asking if they were never to go out to meet this invisible enemy maison nerve answered promptly that he would lead them out himself and would see if they were as brave as they professed to be quickly the little band was put in battle array guns were shouldered and all the available snowshoes were tied on though of these there were not nearly enough for all at the head of his troops of thirty men maison nerve crossed the clearing still covered with deep snow and entered the forest beyond where for some time they saw no sign of human presence but after waiting for a good way through the deep snow they were suddenly saluted with a shower of arrows and bullets from some eighty iroquois springing from their ambush maison nerve ordered his men to take shelter behind trees and fire at the enemy for a time they stood their ground though three of their men were killed and several wounded but their ammunition began to fail while the iroquois still pressed them close with a galling fire which broke the steadiness of the men and made them anxious to retreat maison nerve directed them to follow a sledge track used for drawing timber to the fort which afforded firm footing he himself remaining to protect the rear and help the wounded to escape the men covered their retreat by turning frequently to fire but when they reached the sledge track they made such a wild rush to the fort that they were mistaken there for the enemy and before an accident dampness in the priming of the gun that commanded the sledge track they would have received a fatal fire from their own friends maisonneuve gallantly stood his ground to the last retreating backward with a pistol in each hand with which he kept back his pursuers the indians were anxious to take him alive and therefore would not shoot him the chief wished to have himself the honor of capturing the french commander 
and was in the act of seizing him when maisonneuve shot him dead this caused such a confusion among the iroquois who rushed to secure the dead body of their chief that maisonneuve made good his retreat during the excitement and was soon safe in the shelter of the fort thenceforward his men recognized him as a hero and the wisdom of his generalship was unquestioned and for some time at least ville marie enjoyed comparative peace the scene of this brilliant action of maison neuve is believed to have been what is now the place d'armes close to the great church of notre dame end of section thirteen this recording is in the public domain